Hello and welcome back to Life Lessons. Today I will be your guest and your host because I am going to talk all about health and fitness and how to make the right decisions for what's important to you. It can be really hard to get that balance, especially when there's so much information out there. So I'm going to try and give you some road markers or a map on how to make the right decisions for what's important in your life. Uh, but first of all, let's talk about our sponsors. So the sponsor of this episode is Whoop, which is a fitness tracker and wearable with companion app that can help you track your health and fitness 24-7. I've been wearing this for the last eight months, I think, and it's given me so much information, especially over pregnancy, about when to rest and when to train. You want to find a really good balance between your recovery and your strain. So when you have a high recovery rate, that means that you're able to push a strain on that day, which means you can train a little bit harder knowing that your body is primed and ready for it. But then equally, if you have a low recovery score, that might be a time to think about resting or doing a less stressful form of training on your body. Um, and it's really good to have that information because obviously we all want to be doing our best all the time, but sometimes our best might actually be, I suppose, deteriorating our recovery, which is really important for our overall health. So if you want to get started with Whoop today, you can go to join.whoop.com forward slash Siobhan. I'll put the link in the show notes and that will get you a free Whoop 4.0 and your first month free. So let's get started. Where do I begin? Because I've been doing a couple of these talks recently, um, like for companies. And when you go into a business, there's often all different genders, age groups, people with different types of goals at different stages in their life. Um, so I'm going to try and keep it as general as possible. But I'm also obviously used to working with mostly women so and women around my age so I, a lot of it will come from my own experience and what the experience and what I've learned from working with thousands of women who you know are just trying to do their best day to day you know I, I, I've done the bodybuilding competitions I've done gone to the extremes hopefully so you don't have to and uh, I've learned a lot about how it all works so I think the important thing is to define what healthy is because, and I think with Insta Instagram especially, there is such, I suppose, a praise put on looking lean. You know, even, we and I, I did it myself, you know, we were praising unhealthy behaviours. So I'm going to just give you a little bit of background in case you haven't been following me before. So I'm going to go back to the start of my journey, which pretty much I've, I've always been into health and fitness. What I thought I was, I just didn't really know what I was doing. So I used to go to the gym when I was working nine to five. I would train, you know, really hard Monday till Thursday. I'd eat really healthy or what I thought was healthy. And then I would often have a wine on a Thursday afternoon after a stressful week. And then I'd be annoyed at myself on Friday and tired. And then it'd be more wine. And then all of a sudden it's Sunday night and you're in the pub and then you're determined that you're going to be good on Monday and you bring the gym bag to work but you're exhausted from a big weekend and it doesn't happen so then Tuesday Wednesday Thursday I'm really good until the wine comes out on Thursday again and it was getting really frustrating because I felt like I was that person who was trying really hard like I was eating very little during the week because I thought that's what I needed to do to get in shape and it's just it, it, it was it was a bit pointless and I, I, that's where I see a lot of women at the moment where they're putting a lot of effort in a direction that they're not and they're not going where they want to go and I just think with a couple of tweaks and understanding how the body works you can actually get 
where you want to be. It's, it, you know, like for all that effort you're putting in, you can get the results. And that's what happened. What, what happened was I learned about energy balance. I learned about calories in, calories out. I then, one of the major things though, was that I understood why I wanted to be in shape or and it was because I wanted to become a personal trainer so I had a very strong why because it was my whole career and lifestyle became dependent on it so I did that I started lifting heavy weights and I was really passionate about I was really passionate about sharing that message with women I wanted them to realize that they didn't have to do cardio all the time if they wanted to get lean and all of a sudden I had abs like someone who thought they would never, ever, ever have abs. I had like a lean, athletic looking body. I was very unfit because I was doing no cardio, um, but I was strong. And I was trying to shout this from the rooftops. I was like, this is easy. If you just track your calories and train, it, you can just get lean, <laughs> simple. But of course I was in my twenties, a personal trainer. Um, I had, you know, nothing else to worry about. And I didn't understand why everyone wasn't just doing it. It's so simple. Of course, I've learned a little bit over the years. Um, And it all came to a point in 2017 when I did a bodybuilding competition. And that bodybuilding competition, it gave me purpose. Like, I really enjoyed the prep. I... I liked having something to work towards. I didn't know what else to do. When I got to a point where I was happy with my body, it felt like the next step. Because I wasn't working on performance goals or, you know, I had no sport or anything I was doing, it felt like my next my sport was getting lean. And I did the competition, did well, but I really struggled after it. And I'm sure if you've heard me, you've heard me talk about this a lot because it was a pinnacle point in my life. And those six months to a year after. I had to learn to accept my body by put it when it was putting on weight, which was obviously very difficult because I'd gotten so much praise. I'd gathered so many followers when I was losing weight. And we do that, you know, we praise people when we say, oh, you've lost weight, you look great. Without thinking about what is the underlying reason for them to lose weight and we often don't know like it could be heartbreak it could be an illness it could be stress it could be unhealthy habits that we are uh, encouraging by by saying oh you look great like that and you know I even remember I always talk about in the pandemic when I you know stopped traveling and we came back to Dublin and I was you know not going out I was having no fun I was just training and going for runs and you know I was kind of eating really well because I you know, my life was pretty consistent at the time and the weight kind of fell off me. And of course, everyone's like, oh, Dublin suits you. And I was like, no, 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 stop praising me because I know I'm going to put the weight back on and I don't want to feel like I have to stay like this because I'm getting praise. Um, but that's kind of something I've learned in my head to acknowledge that, you know, people are obviously meaning their best when they give nice comments like that. But I also, I kind of, I, I, I encourage it, but I try, I've, I've definitely noticed to myself, I'm not, I'm no longer like, oh my God, on the bed, the bed, body on you on Instagram and stuff like that. Because again, you just don't know what you are praising. So if you are thinking of praising someone, think about other ways to do it. Like, wow, you've gotten so strong. And I wouldn't even say looking strong because, you know, for all the same reasons, we don't know why people's appearance changes. Um, but I diverge or I digress. Um, but yeah, the bodybuilding show, I learned a lot from it. And then I, the next couple of years, I started focusing more on performance. So I started doing Muay Thai, which all of a sudden I'd no cardio in my, like my cardio levels were shocking. So I found something that was really fun and really intense cardio. And I, re- I found myself wanting to get fitter. And around the same time, I started doing CrossFit, which 
it was the perfect stepping stone for me because I'd gotten really strong and bored of my training with the hypertrophy training in the gym. Sorry, this isn't supposed to be a whole story. My background, just trying to give a little bit of context of where all these decisions come from. Uh, anyway, the next couple of years, Muay Thai, CrossFit, Jiu-Jitsu, and I started fueling my body to make sure I was able to perform and able to get better at these things. And that was a huge shift for me. And I got to a point, yeah, where, you know, the last couple of years um, before I was pregnant, I was I mean, completely subjectively felt that my body was in a great, looked great. It was performing really well. And I was also enjoying my life. I wasn't doing, you know, it was so good to feel like I was happy with my body without doing any crazy restrictions. And it took a long time to get to that point and a lot of work to, and it's a, it's mindset work that needs to be done. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that more because mindset is what's the difference, is what makes the difference when it comes to long-term results for health, fitness and fat loss because I think a lot of people listening will understand calories or an energy balance that you know you need to just eat less than you expend and you need to do that for a long time and you will lose body fat. You need to do that in a healthy way which we'll talk about it in a second but what actually makes people stick to this say a, a diet plan a training plan or something that's maybe difficult and it's the mindset and so the first thing I have to get clients to do is to nail down their values because if you're making decisions based off other people's values you'll end up frustrated you'll end up not being happy with where your life is going so for example values can be anything. For me, I always was following the values of freedom and happiness. So I was basing all my decisions off, will this give me more freedom or will this give me more happiness? Now, bar um, maybe around the bodybuilding competition, that was more of a, a time where I wanted, I don't know what the values would have been then, maybe discipline. Um, but the majority of the last couple of years based my decisions off freedom and happiness. So that in terms of my life, that was decisions like against getting a mortgage or, you know, saying no to opportunities because it meant staying in one place for six months or relationships that would keep me in one place. And that was okay. So I would be happy looking at like my friends that were getting mortgages and gorgeous houses and, you know, who were getting married because I was like, no, that's their decisions. They're, they might have the values of security, of relationships or family, whatever like that. But I was happy in my decisions because I knew I was making those decisions based off my values. So that could be, and, and, and that helped, especially after the bodybuilding show when I was struggling with my relationship with food, when I was like, I should be in the gym or I should be eating clean, with inverted commas. Um, because, but then when I realized that my values I had a value of like I wanted to spend more time with my family because I was traveling a lot like my family family values were important to me so if I went out for dinner with my family and you know enjoyed maybe a high calorie meal the next day I wasn't angry at myself you know I was like no I just made that decision based off my value of family time and if that means my goal of maybe fat loss for this week is stepped back a bit that's okay and it removes the frustration and the negative talk the negative talk to myself. And I do this while journaling. So journaling is such an important topic or such an important tool for being clear on what's important to you. So when we have people nail down their values, they have to set goals as well. But the, I think the goals are can be, it's very easy to see whether they're in line with your values or not when you have your values defined. So, you know, if say I had a goal of, I want to 
save for mortgage at the same time as my values are freedom, I'd be like, okay, that doesn't line up. And I could have a goal of, you can have a goal of fat loss and that's okay. But as long as my value, say I have a value of health and I want to make sure they balance that I'm not sacrificing my health for my goal of fat loss. So journaling every day really, really helped me be kinder to myself. So I would simply, I'm going to do a whole podcast on journaling, but I would simply kind of analyze the day before. I, I would say, what went well yesterday? You know, what am I looking forward to in the day ahead? And three things I'm grateful for. And practice, practicing gratitude, really, really helpful for <laughs> being grateful for what you have. But, you know, setting yourself in a position to be grateful for what you have and then achieve more or maybe accept what's going on in your life um in terms of when I'm analyzing or writing out my thoughts I always ask myself is it true and why or I'd also look at it I try flip it to another perspective you know if this was my best friend writing this what would I say and you realize that we are very unkind to ourselves and that, that's I always talk about self-compassion as well and there's a there's a fine line because you know, we talk about being kind to ourselves and you might be like, why would I go to the gym? I want to be kind to myself. I want to sit on the couch. That's being kind. But I, I try and get people to emphasize a bit of more self-respect rather than just being kind. So if this was your best friend, what advice would you give them? So say they haven't trained all week and they're like, oh, I'm going to sit on the couch. You know, you might kindly say, maybe you are tired and maybe that it's fine, but maybe we should go out for a walk and do something rather than not training at all or maybe you've seen them training so hard all week and they're saying oh we should really train we can't sit on the couch and you're you know because you care about them you're like you've trained really hard you deserve a night on the couch um same with nutrition you could find that they have maybe I don't know eaten pizza every day for dinner and they're talking about getting pizza again and you might suggest maybe something with a bit more nutrients a bit more protein and that might help oh you know again you might offend people if you suggest these kind of things, but it's how you would talk to yourself. It's treating your body with self, with respect. So giving your body what it needs, if that is movement, if that is more protein, more nutrients. And sometimes that, that self-respect is taking a day of not training, of having the pizza with friends or family and being kind to yourself. So it's, there's no right or wrong answer, but I always say that we're a bit too hard on ourselves sometimes. So frame it like you're talking to your best friend. And the biggest thing, and if you have done the furnace or have listened to me for at any time in the last couple of years, is consistency over perfection. So just following on from being very hard on ourselves, we aim for these perfect training plans perfect diet plans but what happens is that we can't we can't get it perfect and then we get angry at ourselves or we give up and then we are really imperfect for maybe a longer amount of time and what that results in especially when it comes to fat loss is probably an overall surplus or it might mean you know a week of like the perfect training plan and then three weeks of nothing because you can't keep up the perfect training plan so finding maybe a slightly imperfect training plan. Maybe it means you're only training twice a week, but that's the level that's sustainable for you. And that is better doing that for the whole month than training for one week on the perfect plan. And same with nutrition. You know, if, of course, if we eat everything unprocessed and protein and fiber and, you know, the exact calories, everything would be, your health would be perfect. But is it realistic? No. So aiming for that perfection and then beating ourselves up when it inevitably doesn't last, then we end up 
possibly in more of a surplus, but you're better off just kind of being imperfect for longer. So that's consistency over perfection because it, it does help, especially for a calorie deficit. It really helps in the long run when you're just imperfectly consistent because calories are all a an estimate anyway where do I go next there's so many uh, there's obviously so many uh, avenues you can go down when you talk about health when you talk about fitness a couple of goals that I hear people talk about is that they want a better relationship with food and it's great to identify this because I think we've so many so we've got diet culture ingrained in us if you're around my age or older or, or there's so many rules that we have in our head that we think we have to follow and we don't question them. For example, women think, oh, can't have carbs or have to have a salad uh, or, I don't know, have to fast before training and all these things that are ingrained in our head but actually aren't a rule. And it, to, to be able to identify that we've got rules that we need to be able to work towards is a really good goal to have. And um, Some other goals like people have are to be more active, to feel good, to get fitter, to have more energy and um, healthier eating. You know, that's another thing. You know, some people feel they're eating away, but they think they need to make some changes, but just don't know where to begin. Obviously, fat loss is a, is a huge is, is, sorry, is a goal for a lot of people. And that's, they're, they're supposed to have, we need to explore why. And I think I'll do a whole podcast on fat loss. I don't want to make this all about it because it's about finding balance with health and fitness. And believe me, or believe it or not, fat loss does not equal health. It can correlate. I'll get to that in a second. Um, but some, some of the mistakes that I see people make is that they use unrealistic strategies to get to their goals. Like I said before, if you're like, okay, I'm going to train six days a week and not eat carbs uh that's not a realistic strategy in the long run or I'm trying to think of something else but it's usually very extreme training or diet plans that have them uh I suppose going down or like maybe going down the right path but then getting stopped very fast when they can't keep it up and another problem is that people have don't have enough knowledge and this is where I get really passionate is that I want people to make informed decisions which means they are they know what they're doing. They're, they, they're basing their decisions off their values, off their goals. And I suppose the, the most frustrating thing is seeing people putting in all this effort into something and they're going the wrong way. So, you know, they might want to build muscle and they're doing loads and loads and loads of light squats and they're actually better off doing low reps, higher weight. But that's, and that's just, they need more information. So that's my passion is like giving the people the knowledge. And if then they want to go and do loads of light squats, that's grand as long as they're making an informed decision. And the other mistake I see is people not assessing correctly. And this is probably where I should mention the scales, which now I, whenever I do a talk, I'm like, okay, she hands up who uses the scales as a measure of progress. And a lot of them, a lot of women do. And the, the problem is that it doesn't measure health. You know, if, if I didn't eat and just drank alcohol for two days, the scales would drop. But am I any healthier? No. The, the other thing is if you build muscle and lose body fat, the scales could stay the same. But you and you could look a lot leaner. You could actually feel healthier. But the scales would be the same. And the problem is then you're doing something that's working towards your goal of being leaner or ha building more muscle but you stop because your measure of assessment isn't giving you the answer at once and this is where people go wrong as well is that they're not they stop what's working because they think it's not and it's because they're using the wrong measure of progress and I like to use uh, measurements pictures and how you're feeling overall because that's a big thing as well you know there's no point in looking leaner if you feel terrible 
one of the other huge mistakes people make is impatience. It takes time to get lasting results. And again, people stop what's working because they don't you know they don't see the results straight away so they chop and change between different plans different strategies because they're not seeing it fast so I think it is good to work with a coach to kind of give you that reassurance each week when maybe you're not seeing the changes or it could be for different reasons and again to stay on the path if it is the right path for you now the benefits I'm very passionate about women and everyone everyone in life building muscle because I mean, just for day to day strength, like just being able to lift up things and put them back down and push a door and general functionality. It's obviously very helpful to have a lot of muscle. You know, you feel strong, you feel mobile and that will bring you to old age. And this is something I'm very passionate about recently. And I think it's because I'm getting older, but as women, especially osteoporosis is when like your bones break down in in later life and having more muscle actually helps slow that down and even in terms of actual muscle like you lose a lot of muscle from your 30s on your muscle breaks down and the best way to prevent that is to either have a lot more have muscle more muscle to begin with and of course to do resistance training as we get older I'm really passionate about it because especially my age and above. Again, I think we grew up in a world where it was all going out for runs and aerobics and cardio, cardio, cardio and breaking our body down while eating very little and trying to get small. And what actually would benefit us in the long run is weights. So very passionate about that. Um, Actually, it really helps hormones as well. Um, So even things like insulin sensitivity, reduction in cortisol, which is the stress hormone, Um, Even the female reproductive hormones are all benefited by having more muscle on your frame. Um, So that's something as well when anyone has uh, maybe some hormonal issues like PCOS, like resistance training is is recommended and reducing the amount of high intensity training. And uh, this is, uh, you know, probably a little bit vain, but it actually helps fat loss. The more muscle you have, the, the, I suppose, more calories you burn day to day. So the easier it is to be in a deficit. So like I get away with eating a lot and be in a deficit because I've got a lot of muscle on my frame because I spent those years putting in the work, building muscle. And I'm not, as I said, I don't want to do a whole podcast on, I mean, I want to do a whole podcast on fat loss, so I don't want to do it all now, but essentially calories in, calories out, right? But as I mentioned, you can do this healthily or not. So even if you ate just magnums for the day but your the total calories of those magnums is less than the energy you're using you will still lose body fat but of course is that healthy and um, it depends on your measurement of health but I think the majority of us will agree that you know you need more to your diet than that so we could see people who are eating and it was back when I did my Weight Watcher days I was eating six packs of Walkers baked a day because I was, you know, I was spending my points and then I was doing loads of cardio to earn more points because I, I was, I was in a calorie deficit and I was minuscule, um, but I was not healthy. I had, was not taking any protein. I was skin and bone and I actually had a really bad relationship with food because I didn't understand anything about food. I remember my mother begging me to have a yogurt and I was like, I don't know if I, I have to check the points, and which I mean, there's an argument, you could say the same about tracking calories, but I think it's not, it's, it's more, um, I do it as a place of information. So 
and I really emphasize the health position when, when, when tracking calories, I don't actually recommend just having magnums, but I just want people to understand what's in food and make informed choices. I like I did a video recently about talking about avocados and how people think it's like a good food and I don't like labeling foods good, bad. And they're actually having, say, a higher calorie breakfast than they were before. And if their goal is fat loss, they could be hindering that. Um, but they're a great source of fat. So, you know, if you're if, if you're having a healthy breakfast while in a calorie deficit, that would be the main, that would be like ideal uh, if your goal is fat loss and health. So again, coming back to everyone's different goals, but I think everyone defines health differently. And I actually did this wheel recently and I might see if I put it on the screen, if you're watching on Spotify or anywhere. Um, and the wheel it's like there's there's peak physical health, but then there's so many other areas of your life that can suffer if you only aim to peak in one area. So, for example, as I said, peak physical health, but you, your relationships might suffer or your career might suffer if you're spending all day in the gym. So I think what a good way to do is to rate your life on a scale of one to ten in all these different areas. So start with career, physical, social environmental so example for you know your your living environment or stuff like that financial relationships spiritual and mental I can't remember if I started at the start I don't know if I said that twice but if you rated each of those on a scale of one to ten and one maybe on a scale of ten being the best or like in a very very good position you you know your relationships might be really good but your physical health might not be so good and this is where, or like your social life might be a 10, but your physical health and your mental health might be quite low. And that's where we probably need to rebalance to try and get, not to saying that seven is a perfect number, but like noticing where there's imbalances in your life. If your social life is peaking, but your physical health is not, that's where you could reassess and think, okay, can I reduce my social life a little bit to improve my physical health? Or am I sacrificing my mental health for this physical health goal, which I realized I was doing with my relationship with food? Uh, you know, my mental health was suffering, but I was looking and I felt great at the time, but I didn't realize that all these rules and strict diets I was sticking to were actually deteriorating my mental health and probably my social life and relationships so it's I'll put that wheel I'll, I'll share it on Instagram as well it's a good way to just reassess what's important to you and maybe and again this is where then you can make decisions based off where you need to make changes so yeah if you think everyone's like oh we should I should go to the gym. It's like, should I, or should I be spending more time with my parents? You know, because my relationships are important to me. This is where, you know, it's like, do, should I actually, maybe I should stay back at work instead of going to the gym because my boss is starting to notice that all I do is post selfies on Instagram of my training, which happened to me <laughs> when I first started my Instagram. I know they knew I was planning to be a personal trainer. I was just doing a contract role and, uh, like I was back out the door five o'clock I never stayed back I was like out the door because I'm going to I was going to like PT college and I was going to the gym and all I cared about was updating my Instagram and um yeah I think my manager was like would you ever stop putting up selfies in the jacks I was like oh you see that right <laughs> okay so you know things like that like a question what's important to us do I need to focus on my career a bit more um and 
Yeah, I think trying to find, trying to balance that out so that there's no like extremes. If you look at one to 10 in each area, try and find an overall balance. And I think that for me is a, is a health, a healthy balance but in my life. Yes, there are times when I might choose cereal over avocado and some might question, is that healthy? And I'm like, well, maybe my mental health is better because I wanted the cereal. I mean, okay, that's probably not a great example because I don't know, cereal. I mean, I love it. I love it at a hotel. I love mixing them. Um, but maybe a better example is in the evenings. Like maybe you're, you've got, you know, your meal plan for the week of your food prepped, but your family are going for dinner and they invite you along to the pizza place. And you're like, hmm, my physical health might suffer if I go for pizza. But you are clear on what needs to improve in your life. So you choose going for building relationships and maybe your mental health and environment and anything like that might improve. So at least you're making then an informed decision. It's not like I shouldn't or, you know, question if you find yourself saying should, shouldn't. It's like, where are these rules coming from? And, you know, what am I basing it off? And is it my, is it because of what I want to do? Or is that what I think the society has taught me that I should and shouldn't be doing? And I think talking about exercise as well, because I mean, I'm, I'm passionate about informing women how to build muscle, which is ideally through hypertrophy training. Um, and again, I see women doing different classes and I used to be like, what are you doing? Even going out running, I used to like pull over or I never actually did this, but I wanted to. I used to nearly like pull the car over and be like, OK, you do you realize that you don't have to run to get lean. You could be in the gym lifting weights. Now, looking back, I'm like, and then since I've started running, I'm like, oh, maybe they weren't just trying to get lean. Maybe they're out there for their physical health or as in like maybe they're out there to improve their cardio. Maybe they enjoy running and are trying to improve their running. Maybe they're just trying to get outside for 20 minutes while their child is asleep. Um, you know, there's so many reasons to exercise that are not based around looking sexy but again that is a perfectly fine reason to train if you want to as long as you know all those other things that I mentioned before aren't suffering like your mental health you know as long as you're enjoying it but what really really helped me was when I started training for performance so that was uh, I suppose especially in jiu-jitsu you know I just wanted to get better at jiu-jitsu so then I'd be like right what do I need I need to get stronger legs um I need to I need to go to classes where I learn a lot more so it wasn't like oh I better go to the gym to lose weight it was like okay I need to go to to a class and and learn all these skills I need to practice them again and again and again and for me I was doing that to learn it wasn't for exercise and of course then I ended up, I suppose, in a calorie deficit, getting stronger and happy with my body anyway. So like looking good became uh, a byproduct of it rather than the focus of it. I've, I obviously have a lot more emphasis now in my life about fitness. So like when I started doing CrossFit, I was strong, but I couldn't run the length of myself. So when they started making me do like laps between the deadlifts, I realized that I wanted to get better at that. So again, it started then... I started improving my relationship with food because I was like, right, I need to make sure I fuel today because I'm also quite competitive. So um, CrossFit, I'd be like, right, I just need to run faster than whoever was, I don't know, my competition at the time. But another huge factor, and again, I used to think classes were 
uh, not great for building muscle. So again, I used to be like, why? I used to think mu- building muscle was the only thing you should be training for, which I have changed my mind on that. Um, and I used to see people doing classes and I would think, you know, you'd be better off like just doing that yourself and going heavier. But I realize now that classes are so much more than just for training. They're for social and um, they're quite convenient. You know, you go in, you don't have to plan anything. You have someone there planning and um, for safety. Obviously, if you have a good trainer, they'll be able to make sure what you're doing is safe for your body. Um, they're just fun. And having uh, something that you want to go to, like for me, it was Muay Thai. Like I had no intention of ever, you know, fighting and kickboxing. But if because I just really enjoyed the class, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to go and see everyone and, and just smash some pads and that really that made me go and made me train which is you know helps with the consistency and another training goal that is just so important to me now is longevity and the more I learn about I don't know health in general exercise just comes up again and again and but but again so many women are over training so it's just something to look out for Doing a lot of high intensity training is just not great for your stress levels, for your hormones. We talked about this in the last episode with Michelle, you know, talking about fertility and overtraining and uh, the effect that has on your reproductive system um, and just stress in general. Like we kind of, and especially if we're under eating, so many women are going around thinking like, oh, I feel fine when they actually are, they don't know what, how good it feels to actually be well-fueled and training for their goals. Um, and I'm just going to talk about, like, in terms of nutrition, right, there's so many questions about ca- the right amount of calories and blah, blah, blah. But I'm just going to, a, a topic or a, not even a topic, I, I suppose it was a phrase that really, really stuck with me after years of all these mad diets was eat like an adult, Right. And now you can argue that adults these days are the ones that are um, ingrained in diet culture. But I suppose it's the idea is that you don't have any crazy food rules when you like a a good a good rule of thumb to say would be if you look at your plate, a a good kind of healthy again, define health, (laughs) um, but a good healthy plate for what I encourage clients to go for it would be, say, like a fist of protein. So. And this is a really rough guide, but you know, you like your chicken breast, your burger, your whatever that is. If you're, and if you're, if you don't eat meat, whatever, tofu, anything like that. Um, and then try and get half your plate of like colorful veg, like that fiber moving through your body, really important for your vitamins, your minerals, because it's not just about getting your protein and your calories. It's about fueling the insides of your body as well, your, with your vitamins and minerals. And then say a quarter of the plate of your carbohydrates complex carbohydrates are ideally you know like your your rice your potatoes um why can I not think of any other form of carbs right now um and then obviously some fats as well so like don't be afraid to pour some oil on your um on your salad or on your uh butter on your potatoes something like that and if you have that kind of rule of thumb for three solid meals so like if you're getting your protein fat and carbs vitamins and minerals in for three solid meals and then having a couple of snacks as well that's what I want I want people to be eating regularly and then if then you want your bar of chocolates and your your glasses of wine you have that but you're not doing it from a place of hunger so I'm very passionate about not getting not making decisions from a place of hunger because we make irrational decisions when we're starving so if you find that you eat like 
really, I'm going to again use inverted commas, good Monday to Friday. And then you just think, oh, it's just the weekends. I've no self-control. That can, like, you might, you might even be like blaming yourself, negative self-talk when actually you're just hungry. So I want people to make decisions when they're not hungry. So I like to um, use a hunger scale of one to 10 and try and aim to stay within a four to seven. So if you get to a four, and this takes time, you really have to slow down and be in tune with your body and when you're eating without distractions and listening to your body. And it's almost like a form of meditation, sometimes eating your food when you're like, hmm, do, you know, am I full yet? And eating slowly. And when you get to a seven, which is like, you know, not stuffed, like when you know when you like eat uncomfortably and you get to a 10 and you feel awful and you feel like you're never going to eat again like that's okay that can still happen sometimes but you learn from it you know that like okay that was a 10 maybe next time I really didn't need to eat that much um but at the, and then at the same time hunger like, uh, uh, like on the bottom end of the scale one to four so you want to eat when when you're at around a four not when you're getting to a one when you literally eat the table you're that hungry so that takes a bit of planning it takes regular eating um and again then you're making rational decisions then when you're out for ice cream and they say do you want an ice cream you're not like oh my god yes I really do or you know you might have your goals and values in the back of your head as well you might have a fat loss goal and you're like no do you know what I actually have a meal I'm gonna have my dinner now in a bit so I'm not actually that hungry for an ice cream um or maybe you really do want it and I'm very passionate. I don't know how many times I've said passionate in this podcast. Um, but I'm very passionate about people eating what they want, but making sure they actually want it. So actually, if you want that ice cream, you're having it because you want it, not because you're actually starving and you haven't had an ice cream in two weeks and that's what you want right now. It's like, no, nah, you know, what? I might, I'm going to have my dinner and then if I want an ice cream later, I'll have it. Um, again, it's just more rational. And the, the whole eating like an adult thing they say like not as in and then they finish that off with not a six-year-old at a birthday party so it means eating like an adult might be like yeah I'm gonna have a Snickers tonight but I'm not gonna have six Snickers um which might sound so obvious to some people but for someone who always was being so extreme with dieting as in me um that really really helped me being like no yeah you can have you can have an ice cream with your family it doesn't mean you're never having ice cream again like a restriction just like putting something out of your life that you really like is not going to work in the long run. But do you know what? I feel like I've gone on on so many different tangents. I can talk about so many different things, but I'm going to finish it up there because I don't know, <laughs> because I don't know where else to go. And it's been it's a long podcast already. Um, but if you are interested in joining the furnace, you can go to thefurnace.ie. There's a discount for everyone who listens to podcasts. It's life lessons. Give you 20 percent off. And yeah, it's uh, hopefully that's given you some food for thought uh, on what's important to you in your life. Um, so I will end it here. Thank you so much for listening. Um, just also to mention the flowstate.ie, the stunning yoga mats and yoga blocks I've been using. And their cl- cleaner is stunning. It's uh, They're giving me 30% off, which is a huge discount and well worth an investment. So it's flowstate.ie and the discount code is life lessons 3030. Life lessons 30. Um so thanks again for listening and I'll see you in the next episode. <laughs>